Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Let's talk Ole Miss sports with Chuck. <laughs> I don't care. Hey, yo, Chuck. What's going on, man? We are live. <laughs> well, I couldn't hear the music. Where's the music? Where's the music? We're about Rhino? as live as the team was last weekend. We, huh? had, we got these things cranked up all the way. I couldn't hear a thing. Uh, Hotty Toddy, Rebel Nation, and uh, welcome to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. I'm Chuck. He's Yancey. Um, and not two very happy campers after Saturday. Uh, yeah, I know it. I jokingly said when we were getting off the air, we might have to cancel the show if we lost, but we're not going to. Well, no. There's <laughs> no need in canceling anything. But 15-10 uh, to 10 loss to Memphis, which uh, i got to be honest with you, Yancey, I, I never would have dreamed it. I thought this team was ready, uh, and defensively they were. Offensively, laid an egg. Yeah, I think it was a combination of having eight new starters, uh, you know, the quarterback not being able to bail out the offensive line woes that we saw in the first half. And quite honestly, Ole Miss just got out-schemed offensively in the first half. They made some adjustments at a halftime, got away from the zone block and went to gap control and uh, blocked much better on the offensive line in the second half, but too little, too late. And I don't, I don't know. I just thought uh, Matt Luke was right in his press conference today when he said, "Well, everybody wants to blame this or blame that or blame this." And he said, "But it it took everybody to to have that kind of performance, including the coaches, the offensive line, the wide receivers, the running backs, the quarterback. Uh, nobody did their job on that side of the ball. Uh, on the other hand, uh, 
I thought pretty nice job on defense. Mike McIntyre was disappointed they couldn't get off the field, uh, no. you know, in the last five minutes, which he's got a right to be disappointed there. But overall, pretty good showing against, uh, I think, a, a, a fair offense. I'm not going to give Memphis a whole lot of credit, but, but they, they've got a good yeah. scheme and some good players, and, and they capitalize. I disagree a little bit. I think – Memphis has a really good offense. I think that'll bear it out as the season plays out. Well, they don't but, play anybody else, Yancey. Yeah, <laughs> but they're going to put up points. You'll yeah. you'll be able to. Besides that, um, defensively. Well, we held them to 13. Yeah, defensively. I mean, you're supposed to win if you held them to 13. They gave points. up seven points on a punt return down to Ole Miss's 32-yard line, and then they got a touchdown on uh, two third-and-long situations where they got a personal So you're still saying they're pretty good offense. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Ole Miss played a really good defensive well, game. Well, they, they did. They did. But uh, I, I'm not going to give Memphis too much credit. The Ole Miss Quarterback Club will hold their first meeting of seven home game meetings this Thursday at the Library Sports Bar. Doors open at 530 with the meeting to begin at 630. Door prizes will be drawn and free pizza will be available. Non-members can join prior to the meeting or go to the website omqbclub.com or join at the door. Speakers this week are... Offensive line coach Jack Bicknell and defensive coach Freddie Roach. We're going to have Brian Scott Rippey of Mississippi Sports Talk on at 6.15 and Mike McIntyre on at 6.30. Brought to you by the Library Sports Bar. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yard Hotline. Hang tight. Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new road. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Why get iPhone XS on the C Spire network? For that business trip to Chicago when your son sends a funny emoji. <laughs> For Aunt Ella's birthday where your iPhone XS dual lens camera takes the picture everyone wants. <laughs> get the most from iPhone XS with twice the nationwide LTE. iPhone XS and C Spire. For every moment. C Spire. Customer inspired. For a limited time, buy the latest iPhone. Get one on us. Details at cspar.com. The farm provides us with many things, and it means many things. From crops to cattle, poultry, and timber, the farm is vital to our everyday lives. It's a place to enjoy the outdoors and where many traditions are born. Whatever the farm means to you, let First South Farm Credit finance it. We're ready to help you make your dream of land ownership are farming your own land a reality? Visit FirstSouthland.com. Equal housing lender. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. 
miss out on the latest deal from Ceasefire by a top smartphone on Ceasefire Nationwide LTE Network and get one free. Whoa, I might do that. That's right. Buy one of the top smartphones and get a second one free from Ceasefire. Only available for a limited time. Ceasefire customer inspired. Those things cost about a grand now, Yancey. I know. I crapped I mean, my phone recently. Can you believe? Can you believe that? An iPhone costs almost a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. Not buying a damn car. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's called smartphone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why I'm called a dumbass for buying one. <laughs> you still need, need your flip phone. I do. I need to go back and get my flip phone. <laughs> um, so uh, d- defensively, Nancy, I thought all three of the JUCO kids yeah. were, were were important. Lakia mm-hmm. Henry, Sam Williams, John Haynes. I thought they. Played really well for their first time out of the box. Uh, Lakia was the leading tackler. Sam, you know, Sam got those two penalties, but I'm not sure either one of them were penalties. No, especially the second one. We couldn't see on the first one, but the second one was obviously not. Uh, the roughing? Yeah, I mean, he's releasing the ball as he tackles him. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, and I didn't, Memphis you know, did the exact said, same thing on the next series, and they didn't call it. But I was disappointed now. Having said that, they gave up two 15-yard when did they get the ball down about the 2018 after yeah. the second one on third and 16? And we saw that last year's defense, the only time of the game pop up there, they just kind of gave up and just let them walk in the next three plays. There wasn't a lot of fight. Well, That was the only both disappointing times, part of the defense to me. No, nah, both times they got in the red zone, they scored too easily. Both, If you'll remember, the second time they got in the red zone, they punched it in real easily. They started on the 32-yard line with yeah. the punt. I'm yeah. just talking about at the end after the two penalties. Yeah, I they just what let saying. the guards I'm down. Much, We've seen saying. that the last two They only got years. in in the red zone twice. My point got is, in right. both times, they got in pretty yeah. easily. Or I, I, Well, let's see. The second time they had to punch it in twice, I think, didn't they? Or three, yeah, they got third in down. on third. Yeah, they, they, they bowed their neck up there on first and second down on the one yard yeah. line. But that first possession there after the second. Yeah, you're right. They, they like, just let like the guard down. Yeah. All right, let's go to the control room. Jack Schultz with Ole Miss Sports News. Take it away, Rhino. It's time now for Ole Miss Sports News, brought to you by Rebel Rags on Jackson Avenue, Oxford. Tell them about it, Molly. Rebel Rags, anything, everything, Ole Miss. The first week of the 2019 season did not go as planned for the Ole Miss football team, who lost 15-10 to to Memphis on Saturday. The Rebel defense showed significant improvement from last season, holding the Tigers to just two scores. The offense under new coordinator Rich Rodriguez struggled to move the chains in the first half and still only managed to find the end zone once in the second half. The offensive line giving up 10 tackles for loss to the Memphis defense. The Rebels managed just 80 yards on 33 rushes shared between Scotty Phillips, Jerry and Ely, Snoop Connor, and Matt Corral. The redshirt freshman quarterback finished the day with nine rushes for 17 yards while throwing nine for 19 for 93 yards and an interception. Matt Luke will have to regather his team for a 6.30 contest against conference foe Arkansas on Saturday for the home opener. The Razorbacks did not look particularly impressive in a 20-13 win over Portland State at home in their opener. In other Ole Miss sports news, the soccer team got back on track with a pair of wins this week, first defeating Southeast Missouri on Thursday 2-1, and then yesterday Matt Mott's team stole a thriller in double overtime over Minnesota 3-2 at home. Now 3-1 on the season, they head to Kentucky for a pair of games at Bowling Green and Murray State on Thursday and Sunday, respectively. The volleyball team is off to an 0-3 start to their season, but head to New Orleans this weekend for three matches to try and right the ship. 
Finally, the men's and women's cross-country teams are nationally ranked to begin the year. The men picked to win the SEC, and the women picked second. That's the latest Ole Miss news for now. Back to Chuck and Yancey. All right, thank you, Jack. Good job, as usual. Um, he got out of the game pretty pretty healthy. Braylon Sanders yep. pulled hamstring, and uh, I, I think I understood Matt to say probably wouldn't be available this week. But uh, other than that, uh, no other injuries. Alex Givens played a bunch of snaps and, and was fine. Yeah which uh, was kind of surprising to me. I thought they wouldn't get but about 15 or 20 snaps, but apparently they got a lot more than that. And then Shepard's fine playing, but he is limited, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, with that club. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He is. But Saw, saw uh, Dawson's little brother, Luke, in there, knots. I thought he did a good job. Because of it, I think. I think he did a good job myself. He, he got better as the game went on. Yeah. He he made some a couple of open field tackles and um, – there were there were not a lot of nice open field tackles. That big third down open field, or maybe it was fourth down actually by Keedron Smith was big. He played. Mm-hmm. He was the player of the game to me and my eyes. He played a heck of a game. I thought Coatney was, but Keedron played a really good game too. I I, I thought Coatney was kind of dominant he, up front. He was, but Keedron played a heck of a good game. He did, and and I thought uh, Lakia Henry. Uh, you know, and and we neither one of us know if they were assignment sound. I mean, they could have had a couple of busts, <laughs> but you know, their results were were solid, and I, I was proud of all of them. And uh, you know, I even thought, man, that uh, you know, Armani Linton came in and made a couple of. You plays know what he did? And, he and, did. And Jalen Ju- uh, Julius made a couple of plays at free safety. He's his a good first ball time. Jalen's a good ball player. Uh, uh, Jalen Jones came in and made mm-hmm. some plays. Made a one big third down play on a, a bubble screen. That, yep. Uh, Cut it up underneath. So, you know, Scotty Phillips kind of came alive in the second half when they started giving him a little room to run. That first half was he had nowhere to go. We were behind the chains the whole time. But And the defensive backs, to me, you were talking about Armani and a couple of those guys looking back at the ball mm-hmm. instead of playing – your hands up and your your head to the receiver. I think that's something McIntyre brought in as well that is noticeable. Well, when they're in position to, he doesn't teach for them to turn around when they're beat. Well, if you can't have if you yeah. can't have your your hand on the body, obviously right. you can't turn. That's head. right. So so they were in good position to yeah. turn around for the ball, which uh, was good to see as well. And you know, got Arkansas this week. They struggle with Portland State big time. Ole Miss is uh, an early favorite. and By six or seven. Yeah, so we'll see how that plays out. We'll be right back with uh, Brian Scott Rippey after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. Hang tight. a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, 
Nobody beats a cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new road. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Why get iPhone XS on the C Spire network? For that business trip to Chicago when your son sends a funny emoji. <laughs> For Aunt Ella's birthday where your iPhone XS dual lens camera takes the picture everyone wants. <laughs> get the most from iPhone XS with twice the nationwide LTE. iPhone XS and C Spire. For every moment. C Spire. Customer inspired. For a limited time, buy the latest iPhone. Get one on us. Details at cspar.com. A Van Atkins diamond is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. A Van Atkins mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow. When you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love, but most of all, say it with a Van Atkins diamond because you know she's worth it. Van Atkins Jewelers Store Downtown New Albany or VanAtkins.com. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Welcome back to Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. We are now very pleased to have Mr. Brian Scott Rippey of Mississippi Sports Talk. He's the Ole Miss beat man and I'd say co-host of Mississippi Sports Talk with Richard Cross every day from 3 to 6. Uh, great show. I listen to it constantly. Uh, and, and most people don't know this, but Brian... Uh, when he was still in college, worked a little bit with us at the Ole Miss Spirit, Yancey, and did mm-hmm. a great job. And when Steve Davenport, the owner of Mississippi Network, called me and asked for a recommendation, I said, uh, you better get him. He's a shooting star, a rising star in, in uh, journalism, and, and I, I, it's holding true. Brian, good to have you, buddy. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Chuck. Uh, working baseball that year was a lot of fun. That was a uh, huge opportunity for me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, no problem at all. You did a great job and uh, earned earned all those twelve dollars a week I was paying you. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little more than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, just quickly, let's let's go over your thoughts from the Memphis game. But I want to talk a lot to you about the Razorbacks too, because I know you've been studying them a little bit. Um, your thoughts from Memphis. I thought the defense played pretty well. Um, it was surprising to me that if even with all the new on the offensive side of the ball, it was surprised to me Ole Miss lost a close game because of its inability to score points. I would have figured they just wouldn't be able to stop Memphis once the defense wore down in the second half. That would have uh, seemed like a more likely result. It was weird, though, because to me, and uh, y'all may disagree, the offense looked a lot more competent in the second half and looked like they'd found something. 
but they only got the ball four times, and one of them yep. was the one-play deal where they got the safety. So really, they only got the ball three times and had the ball three minutes in the fourth quarter. So they didn't really have many chances to do it. Like, it would have been interesting to me if Ole Miss, if the defense had been able to get one more stop, what that would have looked like. If Ole Miss had one more chance with the ball, that would have been kind of interesting. Interesting way for that game to play out in the end. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and, and that was back entire. You've heard him today in the press conference. You were there as well as against he and I that that was his disappointment that they weren't able to give it back to him one more time with three or four minutes on the clock. Six uh, minutes, actually. I've watched the Missouri game and South Carolina game, and they both got the ball back. Missouri got the ball back three times in the last five minutes in South Carolina twice, and Ole Miss got zero. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's a good point, Brian. Um, are you a little surprised that Ole Miss is a favorite over Arkansas? I mean, uh, I, I kind of am. Um, in principle, yes, just because of the way Ole Miss kind of looked at times, particularly offensively on Saturday. But I was driving back for most of Arkansas's game. Like, I didn't catch a lot of it. But, I mean, the box score kind of is telling it enough, right? They struggled with a Portland State team I don't think is very good at the level they play at. 20 to 13 so i guess somebody has to be a favorite in this thing and that shows you how how down on arkansas las vegas is well and and i'm gonna tell you uh i've said it a million times on this show and in print and whenever anybody will listen it's it's uncanny how good vegas is i mean that that five point it was hovered around five points on the memphis old miss game up until uh, a bunch of Ole Miss people put some money on Ole Miss and knocked it down to four and a half right at the end. But it was five, five and a half, six for, gosh, months, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty much right at – I think it opened at seven, but to your point, really the entire time other than the first couple minutes the line was open, it was between anywhere four, like five and six was kind of right in there. So they were right on the money in that one. Um. Arkansas's got a brand new quarterback. He's a trend. he's not brand new to Chad Marsh, so he's was Chad's quarterback at SMU, a senior transfer. Uh Ben Hicks, uh you know much about him? Not a lot. I know he didn't put up a very good stat line against uh Portland State <laughs> and uh like you were saying, it's you know, he has to be somewhat familiar with the system. I was a little surprised I guess they went with the familiarity. I thought Nick Starkle might have a chance to uh, to maybe win that job, and if it keeps going the way it's going, that might end up being the case. So to me, as far as quarterbacks go, this week, in terms of Arkansas, how many does Ole Miss see? Because if it goes poorly with Hicks again in the first quarter and a half, do you make the change to Starkle, who played some in uh, that Portland State game, to just try to mix something up before you're too far out of the game? Um, that would yeah. be interesting to me to watch. Circles, the former A&M kid that transferred over, and they sound like it battled it out for most of the summer. So I'll be interested to see how many quarterbacks Ole Miss sees, whether it's one or two. And Starkle was four for five for 48 yards, but the incompletion was an interception. Uh, Hicks was 14 of 29 for 143 yards, no TDs, no interceptions. Uh, Rakeem Boyd, uh, who I remember from last year had 100 yards against Ole Miss in the first quarter. I think he got banged up or for some reason didn't gain any more yards. Gained 114 yards on 18 carries against uh, Portland State. So he'll he'll be their top threat on the ground. What about defensively? Uh, 
uh, you know, they got uh, 11 new starters basically on offense, very similar to Ole Miss, but I think their defense is a, a little bit experienced, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's probably a little bit better than it was a year ago. I mean, at least from what I saw, particularly when they played Ole Miss, that, that defense didn't put up much resistance. But, I, yeah, I think they're a little more experienced and, and a little bit better than they were a year ago. You know, second year in a system. Um, I'm not sure, though, that they'll be – are they as good as the one defense Ole Miss faced this past weekend? That would be an interesting question. I don't exactly know the answer to that. I think it'd be around the same as what they faced last weekend. Well, yeah. Chuck, when when I'm looking at those stats, it tells me offensively, the quarterback speaking, throw it 28 times, you get 140-something yards, a lot of short routes, a lot of dump-all passes. What we saw from Memphis, a uh, very familiar uh, kind of schematic right there. Rippy, do they throw – are they kind of the same schematic as, as Memphis offensively? I imagine they'll try to be. You kind of heard Mac, Mike McIntyre, excuse me, say, uh, talk about it to, at today's yeah. presser. I think until they prove they can tackle better, teams are going to kind of challenge them in space. But I thought Ole Miss fared pretty well against that for the most part. They missed a couple of tackles on a couple of those screen routes, and it you know that led to a couple big plays. But I thought Ole Miss tackled pretty well in space for the most part. But I imagine Arkansas will try something similar until Ole Miss is more proven that they're a better tackling defense than they were last year. Rippy, you know, everybody was expecting when Rich Wright came in to have a bunch of misdirections, you know, counterplays, screens, getting players out in open spaces. And in the first half, they just really went between the tackles and not much motion or anything. And then in the second half, they changed their blocking scheme. But why do you think Rich Rod went against his tendencies of his whole career? This is just a theory I have. It's it's just a guess. But if you watch those first couple of possessions, Arkansas was so far in Ole Miss's backfield so quickly. And because of what? I think the first 10 times Ole Miss ran the ball, it netted a yard. And yeah. I don't think they got a first down until the second quarter. So yeah. it, at least part of it to me, like maybe, and again, this is just a guess. It was they were getting beat so badly up front. It kind of threw Rodriguez off in terms of how he wanted to call the game and kind of get deeper and deeper into a play script. Because you saw kind of once they had a few minutes to re, like collect and get in the halftime locker room, they they used the tight end more, got in some bigger sets, and had more success running the football. I, and again, just guessing, but maybe because they were so overwhelmed on the offensive line, the first couple of possessions, it just kind of threw yeah. off everything they wanted to do. You got behind the chain so bad. I mean, th- third and fourteen is a loser's down. I mean, that's you, you're not going to win any games. But but you're you're setting that up when you're running it up the middle, yeah. first and second down, and make it yeah. third and long to have the pressure and make a, a young quarterback make those kind of big decisions. Well, inside zone, right into Memphis inside zone, you do not expect to lose four yards on on a run. I mean, it it, it just. You know, but like Rippy but said, Memphis the, the, was shifting their guys. They, they and beating got that inside they got zone. beat so bad that uh, it was third and fourteen. Yeah, um, how you can expect that on an inside? I mean, good lord, if you can't get a couple yards on the inside zone, uh, you're not blocking anybody. Um, Brian, what's what's your what's your prediction? Last question. We're going to let you go. I think Ole Miss <laughs> wins this week, just based off of how badly Arkansas seemingly struggled last week and you wouldn't expect him to make a gigantic leap with the kind of trajectory that program's on right now i think Ole miss wins this game i, I would go somewhere in the oh 
thirty, I don't know, thirty twenty four, thirty twenty three, somewhere, somewhere mm-hmm. in that nature. And that that may be too high scoring based on what the teams did last week. But I think Ole Miss wins this game. I think they're better than Arkansas is. All right, buddy. Well, listen, we I appreciate agree. your time. Thank you a lot. Thanks, uh, Rippy. We'll see you at Sounds the game for sure. Care. You too, buddy. Thank you. Ryan Scott Rippy, Mississippi Sports Talk. Uh, made some good points there. Ryan's a, a young rising star in sports journalism in this state, I promise you. Um, Rebel Flashback brought to you by Rebel Equipment. Over 50 years of serving the Memphis area with all your equipment needs. Located at 4890 East Shelby Drive. You can rent, buy, or have repaired all of your equipment at Rebel Equipment. From 2014 to 2017, Arkansas had Ole Miss's number in heartbreaking, significant losses, too painful to recap or talk much about. But in 18, last year, when not much went the Rebs' way, Ole Miss got a modicum of revenge by breaking a four-game losing streak to the Hogs with a come-from-behind dramatic win over the Razorbacks in Little Rock. Ole Miss trailed 27-10 to late in the second quarter came back with a strong fourth quarter to win 37-33. The final four minutes, beginning with a two-yard TD run by Isaiah Woolard, was the fun part. Woolard's score cut the deficit to 33-31, and the Rebel defense forced a punt with just over two minutes to play. But the offense was 97 yards away, no problem. Jordan Tiamu, who put up 528 yards of total offense on the day, Found A.J. Brown for 20 yards and then tight end Dawson Knox for 48 more. Tiamu rushed for 15 more and Scotty Phillips gained 14 on the ground before capping the drive with 42 seconds on the clock with a five-yard TD run. Zedrick Woods intercepted a hog pass on first down of the next series and the drama pack game ended with the Rebels on top and the losing streak to Arkansas broken. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Rebel Equipment in Memphis, Tennessee. We'll be right back after these sponsors. Message from our wonderful sponsors. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Welcome back to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. We're very pleased now to have... Ole Miss defensive coordinator Mike McIntyre, whose 3-4 debut against Memphis, I, I would say, was successful. Held no them doubt. to 13 points. You're supposed to win. Uh, I know Mike says that uh, that didn't erase the loss, but a, a pretty good showing by that side of the ball. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you doing tonight? Can't can't complain at all. Uh, let's just jump right in, buddy. How? Give me your overall assessment of Saturday's uh, defensive effort. Well, I thought the guys played hard and, uh, uh, you know, were able to make some plays. You know, there at the, uh, um, you know, end, couldn't, not getting them off the field was, was uh, you know, uh, extremely, extremely tough. Uh, but I think that they're learning what to do. And 
we've got to correct some things and some mistakes that we made uh, Saturday, um, and uh, we've started on that last night, and then we'll get on it again tomorrow. And so I, I was pleased with their attention to detail, and we got to take care of wrap a few things up and then get ready to, to get after Arkansas. Do you anticipate a, a similar attack style uh, that, that you had against Memphis against Arkansas? Well, it depends on what they what they decide to try to do on us. You know, everybody you always have a plan, and then they team sometimes change things during a game, and so we'll have to adapt on defense. I feel like that we have an, enough in our arsenal to be able to adapt. There was a few things we did different going in the Memphis game that we thought we were going to do that they didn't attack us the same way I thought they might. So we changed a few things during the course of the game there. Um, but I, I, you know, um, Arkansas, um, you know, they're they're big tight ends back. I'm pretty sure they're going to use him quite a bit. And they've got an excellent running back in number five. He's really quick and athletic and fast. You're talking about Cheyenne O'Grady, the tight end, six yeah. four, two fifty six, senior. Uh, he can he can go vertical on you too. He's a pretty good athlete. Yeah, he, he's a really good player. Watching the film on him last year, he didn't play Saturday against Portland State, and we don't know if he'll be back against us or not. But he, uh, when he's in there, I mean, he, he's a weapon. I mean, he put on a show last year against LSU and some other people. He's a really good football player. Ole Miss recruited him hard, too. Um, Mike, I asked you to in today's press conference, I'm, I'm going to ask you again for the radio. Uh, last year it was, uh, you know, a- after every game it was, we had too many busts, we had too many busts. We 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 didn't play with, in, with a sound assignment sound football. But today you said we were pretty sound assignment-wise. That's, that's a, that was a huge weakness last season. I, I know you got to be happy with that. Yes, the young men, our coaching staff has done a great job with our young guys and they've done a great job coaching them up and the kids have been listening hard. And we've tried to really um, pay attention to detail and, and be able to make sure that we're going to get lined up right. We had a few plays there that we um, um, weren't quite, we were lined up and not quite like outside leverage or inside leverage um, that were able to give them a few plays, but we were able to get them down and, and do some things and, and, and be productive. But I thought overall that um, – we didn't have many glaring busts or errors, um, which is was, was satisfying to us to help us. That's how we play good defense. If you line up well and run the ball and, and, and tackle well, um, you're going to play good defense. And I thought um, we did that tackling. I thought a little early was a little rusty. And then after that, I thought we I thought we tackled pretty well. But the good thing was is there was a lot of guys swarming to the football. I was, I was surprised, not surprised, but pleased to hear you say that you were able to adjust on the fly and still not have many assignment busts. Uh, that, that's got to be a good sign this early in the season. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, you, you know, we just did some different um, calls and kept different personnel groups out there according to what they were doing and um, and how they were trying to attack us, and uh, which was a little a little bit different than I thought they were on some third downs how they were trying to attack us. Was it? Was, so we had to adapt. Um, to that as we went through the game. And the kids handled it well. Um, you, you made some interesting comments today in the press conference when uh, Yancey, in fact, asked you about did you like it in the box, uh, being up in the booth rather than down on the sidelines. Uh, reiterate what you said today, please. Well, you, you can see so much better in the box. You can see how the team is trying to attack you. You can see what they're – you know how their splits are, what they're trying to do. You can see how they, when they're substitute, why they're doing different things. Um, and then you're also able to stay a lot calmer up there and uh, be focused and 
on the, the play, and our coaching staff does a great job. I talk to them in between series or even during a series um, when I'm not making the call about, you know, talk to so-and-so, they're trying to do this, they're trying to do that, and they, they're they able to get over the sidelines and portray it to the guys and get the information across. So, um, you know, it, you're able to see it, see it well up there. I've done it both ways, coordinating. Um, but I, I, I think with the staff that I have, they're able to handle everything down the sidelines when I communicate to them and, and, and um, be able to get the communication across straight to the, what we need to fix and uh, or what we're going to do next according to how they're attacking us. And I thought all that communication went well. So were the rest of the assistants were on the sidelines? Um, yes. I, yeah, have... we all the full-time assistants are down there. I have um, some quality control and graduate assistants up with me that help me watch the um, – you know, watch their substitutions. Um, I got uh, a couple guys that um, are you know tracking what we've called and and understanding how we want to attack certain things, and and so that that helps me um, keep going. And then our coaches down the sidelines give give good input too. How long has it been since you coordinated? Did you coordinate at Colorado when you were the head coach, or, or did you... I did not coordinate, but I was heavily, heavily, heavily involved in the defense. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, you know, I would sit in on defensive meetings. I would. Um, you know, definitely make different suggestions and different things during the game. Um, so, um, and, you know, had a had a good feel a good feel for it. But we had I also had really excellent coordinators that that did a good job and and I understood the defense and and how we wanted to do it. So I was able to be kind of another sounding board for them. But calling plays, uh, you know, as quickly as you have to call them now. Uh... Were you a little rusty, or were you were you on top of it pretty good? You thought. Well, I felt like I was on top of it pretty good, um, and uh, um, you know, there's you always want to second guess different things after you watch the game. Uh, but I thought I thought that the kids handled us getting the signals in. I thought we were pretty much on top of it. The DL, from my from my perspective, my cheap seat, which isn't a very good seat, <laughs> uh, played pretty solid. I, you rotated a lot of players. I thought Coatney and Jones and Ryder Anderson, you know, all those guys kind of showed up and, and did a good job up front. Yeah, um, Freddie Roach has done an excellent job with those guys, and we did rotate quite a few guys in. And um, you know, we, we um, as hot as it was out there, and you know, playing the D line, it's like wrestling, and then having to sprint twenty yards, wrestling, sprint twenty yards. So it really wears you out. So you need to really be able to rotate guys in there. We rotated guys at all the positions, really, but the D line was the heaviest rotation area, and and that's where it usually should be. And it's it's good that we feel like that we have enough depth, and those guys that came in and rotated in, I thought all played uh, played well enough for us to win the football game. In the um... The two JUCOs, the linebacker, Lakia Henry and Sam Williams, their first start uh, in major college uh, football. How did, how did they grade out for you? Did you, did you were you pleased with how yep. they played? Yeah, they they did play well for their first game. Um, you know, it was you know, of course their first time playing. There was a few dip, little mistakes they made here and there, but um, <clears throat> they started calming down as the game went along and, and uh, you know, were able to make plays. And, you know, Lakia made a, a, a ton of plays inside there, um, and I thought he did well. And, and Sam applied pressure to the outside and made some good plays on the outside, too, on the different things where they were attacking us with the flare to the passes and bunch passes, that type of thing. He did a good job with that. I don't expect you to respond here, <clears throat> but I'm just going to make a statement. I thought the rough in the passer call was – uh, not very good. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Luke Knox came in, uh, kind of unexpected a little bit based on him being injured first couple of weeks of August practice and 
made a couple of plays and and looks like he's got some potential for the future, man. Yeah, Luke Knox is an excellent athlete. You know, he's getting he's gotten so much bigger. He's over two hundred and thirty pounds now and he'll keep getting bigger and stronger. Extremely athletic and um I really like the way Luke we we were really um you know down when he hurt his hamstring right then to summer workouts and couldn't really participate the first couple weeks of camp. So the last week and a half he's been coming on and uh, and you know he's going to keep playing and, and rotating out there with Sam Williams some and and uh, so um, I'm pleased with uh, what Luke can do. He can play in space. He can rush the passer. He can make tackle guys out in the flat. And um, he's very athletic and um, I expect Luke to be. You know, he's just a redshirt freshman. I expect him to to keep getting better all the time. Mike, a guy we've been all waiting to come around. A, a really good athlete that just hadn't quite gotten over the hump yet but we he played a good bit i think saturday um chuck wiley how, how did he do what's what's he got to do to get on the field more yeah chuck did you know chuck did good him and kadir are playing the same position and we're rotating those guys in and out to keep them fresh and you know when we play different teams that are passing the ball a lot more um you know we're gonna have to rotate those guys some more because they'll be pass rushing so much but um i really like chuck he had a um, good spring and really good to fall camp, and uh, you know he'll be rotating in there with Kadir and, and can make some plays for us. Jalen Julius's first run at free safety, um, he, he showed up from the naked eye. But of course, you know I was telling Yancey earlier we don't know whether their assignment sound or not. We just see if right. they can make plays. But uh, how did he do? Uh, J two did well, did well. Um, he he uh, did some really good things for us and. Um, you know, he'll learn off a of film from a couple of deals. The thing with the back end is we didn't make any, we made one glaring mistake on an empty set. Um, but besides that, um, we, we did well. At least we, we got the guy on the ground, safety hit him, and then we caused a turn. I think we caused a turnover the next play or something. But, um, they, uh, I thought overall that they lined up well. He made good checks and, uh, was able to run the alley and, and made some moves and pass coverage good. And, um, I thought he did a good job. Kedron Smith is another guy that kind of stood out to me that mm-hmm. that played some last year, but not a lot, and, and played extensively Saturday. Yeah, Kedron's a, a, a good corner, and he's also a very physical player, um, which was exciting to see. And uh, been pleased with Kedron, <clears throat> his whole progress um, the whole way through, and he, I thought he played um, well Saturday. Is Jalen Jones uh, healthy enough to to contribute as as much as you'd like him to? Yeah, I mean Jalen did some good things Saturday. Um, you know he had, he was able to take that knee brace off about eight days ago, I think, and and ever since he's done that, he's even been, he's been moving better and better and better. Um, and I was pleased with Jalen's um, play uh, Saturday. He was aggressive and made a couple big hits and um, was uh, playing the ball and, and did some good things. In your mind, last question, Coach, and we appreciate your time. We know you're busy. Um, what do you got to do a little better against Arkansas? Well, a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. I know that sounds okay. crazy, but you know, there was things that we saw on film. You know, we got to be more attention to detail on some on certain issues um, that they'll attack, and so we've got to fix those. You know, there's certain things that um, that we uh, um, need to. To fit, um, to fit better on the run, and they and also need to be a little bit closer in the passing game, and that didn't really show up as much Saturday. But they'll try to take advantage of. So um, we need to fix those. You, you know, every team copies the the other team might have had some success at or could have, 
And uh, so we've got to fix those things up and then be ready to, to tackle um, the running back number five. And uh, it, it's going to be a, a tough contest. Coach, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. We're looking forward to getting that first win of 2019 Saturday against the Arkansas Razorbacks. You take care and good luck. Thanks, Coach. All right, thank you very much. Have a great night. You too, buddy. Thank you. Mike McIntyre, defensive coordinator for the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, that's a pretty intelligent young man there, dude. Yeah, I, you know, I said it since I first covered him back uh, when he was with Cutcliffe in the late 90s, 2000s. I said it wouldn't be long before he's a head coach somewhere. And when you're under Bill Farcells for a number of years like he was, learning from one of the best all time, you know, yeah. with that brain power that he has, he's, he's a great coach. Well, and he, you know, he comes from George McIntyre's yeah. daddy, and he's been around coaching since he was probably seven years old. And yeah. uh, he was never going to be anything but a coach. He's smart enough to be a engineer or a doctor mm -hmm. or a lawyer, anything he wants to be. But uh, it's going to continue on. He's got a couple boys that are getting coaching, and you'll be hearing that name for a long time. Yeah. Oh, he does. He got mm -hmm. the son that's in coaching. He right. he's going to be. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. All right. Well. uh I thought, you know, night and day from last year to this year. Yeah, the last two years. Yeah, basically, just that one little, you know, the first score there after this two uh, penalties, and they let the guard down. Other than that, I, you know, they bowed their neck up all day, and uh, they fought hard. It was disappointing not getting that ball back in the last five six minutes, but uh, other than that, I, they, they, they played pretty well. Well, and what I like is he's very realistic with his assessment. I mean, he didn't he doesn't mind saying, "Hey, I got to make a better call at the end of the game to get us off the field," or, you know, we didn't do this or we didn't do that. And uh, there's no cover up there; just uh, uh, you know, straight out. Here's what we got to do. Here's what we did, and uh, we're going to get better. And here's how we're going to get better. And you know, it's all analytical and. Uh, it's positive reinforcement, and, but at the same time, he's not dodging the reality of what happened or what's going to happen. No, it's really hard. I look back on coaching uh, with JUCOs. You know, the old saying is it takes a year for that light to turn on, and then you get a really good half of a season, normally that second year, when you can get multiple guys playing at that level that they did quickly. You know, there's a reason they're in JUCO to begin with. Mm -hmm. And uh, that lets you, when you get a coach, Joe Lee Dunn could do that. Um, they're they're good coaches. Mm -hmm. No question. And I think you got to give his staff credit too. Like he said, he's up in the booth, and they're able Freddie Roach and and uh, Coons and mm -hmm. and Clark and uh, Ty Nix, you know, who's been a coordinator yeah. for many years, able to communicate with the kids based on what Mike's telling them from the booth. I think that's critical. I mean, yeah, Ty, got, Ty and Coons deserve a lot of credit too. Those are both new coaches and yeah. linebackers started playing better last year, but outside of Momo, you know, most of the guys are, um, you know, Lakia played the majority of snaps there. And then we saw Knotts, you know, come in and, and give a lot of uh, good Sam Williams. So it's a new group basically. And, and they perform well. And, and, you know, uh, hats off to the kids adjusting from defensive end to outside linebacker. Yeah. It's a totally different world, and, and uh, they've made so far. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves because uh, – I know you don't want to give Memphis any credit, but when they're ringing up 55 points a week coming up, you're going to understand that's yeah, a good against, offense. Yeah, against William and Mary. Good, good scheme. That is – Memphis has a very good coaching staff. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll be right back after the important messages – my wonderful sponsors in 
on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Roll Wheel Hotline. Hang tight. is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Welcome back to Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Don't forget the Ole Miss Quarterback Club will hold their first of seven home game meetings this Thursday. At the Library Sports Bar, it's a great venue for this. Doors open at 5.30 with the meeting to begin at 6.30. Door prizes will be drawn. Free pizza will be available. Non-members can join prior to the meeting on the website at omqbclub.com or join at the door. Uh, Speakers this week are offensive line coach Jack Bicknell and defensive line coach Freddie Roach. And let me tell you something. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you need to belong to the quarterback club. Doesn't cost much money, and they help Ole Miss football buy things that's not in the budget. Uh, some things that are pretty important, and uh, they make uh, just a better environment for the football team with the things that they buy for them, equipment, stuff like that. And uh, it's just important. It's a positive club, and good Lord knows we need positive right now. Uh, <laughs> And and they provide it. So, join the quarterback club if you if you don't belong already. Uh, let's go to the control room and go back with Mister Jack Schultz on the around the SEC. Take it away, Rhino. It's time for this week's report from around the SEC. Brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy, home of the Ugly Mug Coffee and TCBY Yogurt, located next to the library on Bramlett Boulevard. The SEC got off to a rough start in the 2019 football season as several teams suffered disappointing losses. South Carolina fell 24-20 to North Carolina in Mac Brown and Phil Longo's first game in the Carolina Blue. The Gamecocks head coach Will Muschamp is now squarely on the hot seat to start the season. Joining him on the hot seat is Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee following the Vols' shocking 38-30 loss to FCS Georgia State on Rocky Top. Tennessee will also pay Georgia State $950,000 for their visit to Neyland Stadium. Of course, Ole Miss's loss to Memphis was disappointing in its own right, but then Missouri completed the night for the SEC with a 37-31 loss to Wyoming. The Tigers' hopes of a successful debut for Kelly Bryant dashed by the Cowboys. Arkansas was unimpressive as they squeaked out a 20-13 win over Portland State at home, and Mississippi State struggled throughout its contest at Louisiana Lafayette, though they escaped New Orleans with a win. Georgia looked dominant in a 30-6 win over Vanderbilt, and Alabama overcame a slow start to beat Duke 42-3. The most exciting game of the weekend, however, was Auburn's 27-21 upset of Oregon. True freshman and Auburn legacy Bo Nix 
played the hero in his first ever game for the Tigers, delivering the game-winning touchdown pass with nine seconds remaining on the clock. Games to watch this week include number 12 Texas A&M at number one Clemson and number six LSU at number 10 Texas. Also of note, Oxford native Jack Abraham leads Southern Miss into Starkville to face Mississippi State at 2.30. All of Oxford is pulling for you, Jack. And of course, Ole Miss begins SEC play versus Arkansas at home. That's the latest news around the SEC. See you at Vaught-Hemingway, Rebel fans. All right. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate it. Good job as usual. Yeah. For our good friends from Cheney's. Um, don't miss out on the latest deal from C Spire. Buy a top smartphone on C Spire Nationwide LTE Network and get one free. That's right. Buy one of the top smartphones and get a second one free from C Spire. Only available for a limited time. C Spire, customer inspired. Uh SEC didn't look too good Saturday. No, there's. I'm talking about it to you off the air. There, there's really eight weak teams in the SEC or, or below where they're normally been. Mississippi State, yeah, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Ole Miss. Uh, who did I leave out? Um, the, the the depth is not what we've seen in in the past, and the stronger have gotten better, and, and the the weaker's gotten worse a little bit this year, to be honest. Uh, or it looks that way. I mean, you know, does. it's a lot of football to play, but first impression, I first agree First impression, you. yeah. I mean, uh, God, this gracious, Tennessee. Ugh, yeah, ugh, I forgot. Ugh. Tennessee in that. Georgia also State and then North Carolina beating South Carolina. I, I just didn't think North Carolina would be ready to play by, you know, as bad as they were last year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what's Muschamp's in his, what, third or fourth year at South Carolina? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, I don't know. I don't keep up with it. That's Longo had a few cold ones. Uh, Arkansas, Ole Miss, um, 630, SEC Network, Vault Hemingway Stadium. I mean, Chuck, is this? Need a big crowd. we got to win it. I mean, we've said how important games are. I mean, this one's do or die, really, to me for the season. Uh, they, they have to win this game. Certainly have to win it. Certainly have to win it. You know, even made more important by the loss to Memphis. I think they are, though, Chuck. I, I think they're going to take some of the uh, momentum they caught offensively in the second half. I think Matt Corral is going to play a much better game. I think things just got away from him mentally there in that opening game. First start ever. Things weren't going well. I think Ole Miss's offense is going to look much better and the defense is going to continue to play well. Good, bad, and ugly brought to you a big Delta Power Sports in baseball. If you need a four-wheeler, side-by-side, or lawnmower, Big Delta Power Sports is the only place to shop. Brett Rousey and his staff will give you a great deal on the model you want with affordable financing and competitive prices. That's Big Delta Power Sports in base for the good. Uh, from the last game of 2018 to the first game of 2019, the defense is much improved. Kudos to Mike McIntyre and the defensive staff. Kudos to the 3-4 system. Kudos to the players for buying in so quickly. They were far from perfect and will have to get better and better to compete against some of the SEC competition they'll face this year, but I thought it was a good start for that side of the ball, even in the loss. Bad, well, unfortunately, the inexperience of the offense showed, and it led to a poor performance and the loss to Memphis. The OL was really bad in the first half. The receivers were average throughout the game in terms of getting separation. The backs had nowhere to go, and quarterback Matt Corral in his first start made some very poor decisions. 
Anyway, it was just ugly. Losing to Memphis, period. Ugly and inexcusable. The Tigers are an okay team, but Ole Miss will face five or six teams better than them this fall. This should just not happen, and it was ugly the way it did. No we will see you next Monday night, hopefully talking about a win against Arkansas. Good night, everybody. Howdy toddy. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.